Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm host, Pastor Bob McGregor from Grandview Baptist Church here in Kitchener with my co-host, Dr. Stan Fowler, Professor Emeritus of Heritage and an active elder here at Grandview. Stan, last time we opened up a conversation that ended too quickly about church planting, the benefits of it. We talked a little bit about the vacuum it creates for new leadership development, but we wanted to Um, address the concern that other churches in the community might have, because let's face it, sometimes there's pushback. Uh, There used to be a rule in the fellowship that you couldn't plant a church within uh, so many miles of existing churches. It was almost like the NHL franchise rule, where otherwise we'd have another hockey team in Toronto, but there's rules against that. And so how can we address the concern um, that people have for the impact, negative impact, so-called, that church planting might have on the larger uh, church community? Yeah, it's a, it's a question that gets raised. It's a pushback that, um, that people uh, vigorously committed to church planting have, have to answer all the time. And I, I probably the first time I th- thought about this really seriously was was when I read Tim Keller's book, Center Church, several years back. I was so impressed with that book that I've adopted it as a textbook for the course I teach in theology of church and ministry. And and I think think he makes a a convincing case that uh, planting new churches, in, in fact, although it may seem counterintuitive, in fact, has has the a positive effect in terms of renewing existing churches in the community. Now, now part of what has to be said, of course, is that is that we should think about the church capital C, the wider church. We should think about the kingdom, mm-hmm. and and not just about our own tribe or or our own particular local congregation. Biblical concerns for the for the wider church, and not just for my particular congregation. But Keller Keller suggests about four different ways, actually, that planting new churches can have the positive effect of renewing existing churches. One one is that new churches uh, bring new ideas to the whole body, the wider body of the churches. Well, they better be good ideas, because when you plant a church, you lose the brightest and best in many cases. You know, and you just think about the loss. So what what good ideas might come from a church plant that would help us as a, as a planting church? Yeah, obviously those new ideas have to be good ideas <laughs> worthy of consideration. I, I think, for example, of, of churches uh, that I have known and churches where I've worshipped and preached, for example, who um, met at what we would consider non-traditional times. I remember uh, a church in Toronto uh, where I preached a few times. Uh, one of one of my sons and his wife uh, were involved there for a while. Met at four in the afternoon. Uh, another church, uh, Liberty Grace Church in Toronto, pastored by my good friend Daryl Dash, meets at four in the afternoon. You know, now some of us we grew up thinking that the New Testament says the the church meets at nine forty five on Sunday for Sunday school and eleven a.m. for Seemed corporate worship. And you know, back in the day when churches advertised in the newspaper, 
if you read those ads, it well, it looked like the Bible must have specified those times, but it doesn't, of course. And so, I actually, I quite enjoyed uh, meeting at four in the afternoon, um, not just because I wanted to sleep in, but but uh, there were there were many good things about it. So, I mean, that's one idea. I, another one that's close to home here is um, is the idea that what happens on Sunday, whenever the church gathers can actually be the reunion of smaller missional communities that are that are part of that church and that's we we've tended to think about church as kind of top down with the you know the real church is what happens on Sunday morning and then well there may be other small groups and things during the week but one of the new ideas is you could you could think about it from the bottom up and and that's that's an idea of course that in fact is taking root here as mm-hmm. we think about a church plant. Mm-hmm. So as, as Keller puts it, new churches are kind of like the research and development arm of the wider church. Yeah, just so that people know what you're saying, and you said it well, but sometimes just let me just get it right here. This bottom up means that the church begins in missional communities, and that's right. what we're doing here at Grandview. Uh, our church plant has already started, but the gathering on the Lord's Day will be once a month, and it'll be in the evenings for a while. So this is just something that a, a church plant allows us to do. We couldn't think about that here. And another thing with these um, this church planting is that there's a lot of eating going on. They look at eating as... Um, not an incidental part of their gathering, but it's it's how they develop community. I think that's a great idea, and it's come from these smaller gatherings where they can logistically do it, but it it adds substance to the value of fellowship and and relationships. Yeah, there there are a lot of of creative new ideas, different ways to be the church in the community, mm-hmm. different ways to build up one another and to reach out to others that that we couldn't just easily suddenly put in place here at, at Grandview in the established church. But there are things we can learn from new churches. Now, it's not only new ideas. Keller points out that those those new churches also are a way of developing new creative leaders who who serve not only those new congregations but but become leaders in the wider church as well. That's because in a new church, well, you have to have new leaders yeah. and and some people are going to get a, a chance to to get their feet wet in in ministry. In a way, in a way that would be difficult. Is you know? that? Is, do you think that might be frightening for some people? Because you know, are you saying, "Oh, you'll do. You're, you're all we have. You'll do." <clears throat> are we saying that, or or are we? No, I think it's a, it's a case of saying if if we recognize probably younger leaders with with ability now and and with what appears to be great potential. Um. We can't just immediately make them part of the paid staff at Grandview Church. We can't just immediately make all of those part of the elder team. Mm-hmm. But, but, but they deserve the chance to serve with right. the gifts that we've recognized in them. Mm-hmm. And, and planning a new church provides the context 
for them to actually begin leading in ministry. There are some people who have been coming to Grandview lately from different experiences, and some of them are coming from a dysfunctional church where leadership wasn't developed. Uh, There was kind of a dictator, they would say, and it just pushed away leadership. And I th- and, but it's, it's a church that started independently. I think the benefit, and we looked at this last week, of churches starting churches is that, like here at Grandview, when we're starting a church, we're addressing leadership. We're not just sending someone out, say, good luck, grab who you can. But we're trying to transition, identifying leaders and training them so that when the church is independent, um, it's not going to be a desperate search for leadership. But we're forced to do that. We're thinking about that because we are planting a church. Uh, Stan, another uh, another thing that um, we Keller talks about is that new churches challenge other churches to self-examination. What do you think of that? Well, I think it's uh, no. This is this is grounded in his experience. Um, it's not like we have a biblical proof text for it, but I would say his experience rings true um, for me. It's sometimes what you have is one church planting another church, and and within a few years, the daughter church is larger than the mother church. And so that causes the mother church to ask, well, you know, maybe... Maybe maybe there are more fruitful ways to serve here mm-hmm. than than uh, have been true in the re, in the past. Uh, other churches look on. I mean, other churches in the wider community look on when new churches begin, and if they see something significant happening mm-hmm. there, they take note. They especially take note, of course, if some of their members right become a part of that <laughs> new church because they are quite excited about what's happening there. And and that means the church from which those members left, well, they can go one of two directions. They can either have a pity party, they can lament the fact that they're losing people to another church, or they can stop and ask, do we need to take a fresh look at who yeah. we are and how we do ministry do think, here? Do you think that's what Paul meant when he said provoked to jealousy? The, May well be Jewish church because there is. I, I do resonate with some of that. You know, you see these guys are doing really well, and say, "Man, why can't that happen? What's going on?" And it forces me to ask that question. And I think that there have been innovations in my own ministry that have come to me from guys that are right outside the box. And you you hear people talk about how blessed they are at this particular church. And you don't want to just copy things, but you've got to really ask the questions that you wouldn't be asking if that wasn't happening. Oh, I think clearly that's true. Now, the, the, other, the, the other thing, the fourth thing that Keller mentions about renewal benefits of planting new churches is a fascinating one. When, when he says planting new churches actually can be an evangelistic feeder mm-hmm. to other churches in the community. And... I mean, I think experience verifies this as well. Some of these new people who are reached with the gospel by those new churches become part of the new church. Over time, for a Mm -hmm. variety of reasons, you know, may say, wow, you know, there's a lot of tumult here and and all kinds of stuff happening. I 
actually, there's this other established church, um, maybe the mother church. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's really the right place for me. So, in other words, I mean, all of us have to have to reckon with the fact that no one, or I mean, most people are not going to remain in one church forever, and and for good reasons. They may become part of another congregation. So some of these these new people reached by the new churches may ultimately make their way back to the mother church and other existing churches yeah. and renew them. Although as a church planter, I wouldn't set out as my goal to be a feeder church, so no one would remain with me. I'm just kind of an entry-level kind of a thing. But it is something that happens. Well, it's not a goal, but but it's an effect. And, I mean, a long time ago in pastoral ministry, I, I think I, I came to terms with the fact that my church was not the right church for every believer at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes people could more enthusiastically and faithfully and fruitfully serve in some other church. Now, I, you know, part of me had a very hard time accepting that, mm-hmm. but I recognize it's true. So it, you're right. We don't plan a church with the goal of bringing new people to faith and then, and then sending them away back to uh, older mm-hmm. existing churches. But some of that will happen. But, but the fact is, I mean, as Keller argues that what we need to do is try to stimulate church planting movement yeah. in, in the community. Yeah. And that's going to benefit all the churches in the community. Amen. And I, I think that we, as, as leadership, we need to be okay with that. We need to really communicate to people. And I've had some people come to me and say, Pastor, are you sure it's okay that I go? You know, and why do you think that way? I mean, we we need to send a strong signal that um, people who leave aren't aren't leaving because there's a problem. They're not leaving under the table, but they're leaving because it's part of our vision for reaching our city. And we can't be selfish uh, trying to build this empire unto ourselves. But we really need to check our own attitudes and our own hearts and to have the bigger picture in mind. And I, I think every leader needs to reckon with that, to be concerned about the greater good of the body of Christ. I think I can say amen to that. Yeah, that's a lot of, and that's another thing about we were forced to check our own attitudes when we see this thing happen. So it's all good. I can't think of a downside to church planting, and it's biblical. Our experience shows that it's good. It renews churches. And uh, we can talk more about that, but we are running out of time again. Um, This has been a great conversation. We may continue it more. But I want to thank you for listening to our podcast, thinking about it. If you uh, have a network of friends that are interested in these conversations, by all means, uh, give give them the link. We'd love to grow our audience. For thinking about it, Bob McGregor from Grandview and Stan Fowler from Heritage and Grandview. Thanks for listening. Thank you.